Hey everyone, and welcome to Theana Money, where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy, the host of Theana Money. This week is the second and final episode in the series with my friend Dr. Silvestro talking about issues related to health. That was mainly the topic of the first one, and the second episode will be about uh, trying to get healthier and uh, trying to do it on the cheap, trying to get healthier in ways that shouldn't break your bank. Maybe even some of these ways will actually save you money, not cost you money in order to get healthier. Like just the first and simple one that gets briefly mentioned here in our interview is to just cut out pop and stuff like that. If you start drinking water instead of pop, water's a lot cheaper than pop. So stuff like that you can do to try to get healthier without paying too much more money or even saving money in some of the categories. And so I just want to say this is not legal medical advice tailored to you and your situation. These are just some general ideas that can be helpful for people. And so I just want to give a little disclaimer there on that. Anyways, this is a long episode, so I don't want to go too long in the intro and make it even longer. So let's jump in. All right, I am on again with my friend, Dr. Anthony Silvestro. And you know, Dr. Silvestro's a lot like John MacArthur. He says that he's dispensational primo, but I think actually in his heart, he's post mill. <laughs> yeah, I certainly act like one, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I certainly believe that uh, we are supposed to do everything we can in this world and engaging culture. And part of the reason why we're doing this, right, is, mm-hmm. is we need to... We need to engage our bodies as well through proper diet, nutrition, exercise. Yeah. So this week on this episode, we're going to be looking at some ways that the listeners can do some things, adding adding things to their lifestyle or cutting things out of their lifestyle that will be really cheap and simple ways that they can just kind of one step at a time start trying to get them to being healthier. So do you kind of want to just start going down through the list or you want to go about it a different way? Absolutely. I, I think where I want to start before we hit the list, though, is is the understanding of of the diet and the amount of money it costs. So we said in the, at the end of the last episode that people will save money just by getting healthy. You'll get off your prescriptions. You won't have your doctor's visits. It, for people who are paying for their own health care, you can go on to a Christian Healthcare Ministries or one of the other um, ministries out there and and go to one of the lower tier programs. Because you won't have to visit the doctor anywhere near as much or really at all other than for catastrophic injuries. But one other way you're going to save a lot of money is by being able to eat properly. Now, people often ask me, how is it that you can afford to eat all organic foods, grass-fed, grass-finished beef? All of this stuff costs double what the regular foods do in stores. And I I tell people, you're absolutely right. It costs more. But here's how you're going to save money. The reason why Americans eat too much and why I for so many years ate too much is because the nutritional content of our foods 
is really poor. And when we when we change our food choices into foods that are in much higher nutritional value, you're just going to end up eating less overall. Because your body tells you you're full, partially based not just on when your stomach is full, but when you've gotten enough nutrients. When you got the nutrients, that's right. Your, your body knows. So God has designed us in that way to know both of the macros as well as the micros for for what we feel both on our tongue and our taste as well as in our in our gut. So I'm a big proponent of, of a clean keto diet. And what clean keto means is it's a ketogenic diet. So we're eating 75 to 80% of our calories are healthy fat calories. The balance of it is going to be our protein calories and then negligible amounts of carbs. And the only carbs then that people should get on this diet initially are what's in your vegetables and your avocado. We shouldn't even have fruit in a type of diet like this. Now, some people are like, oh, how can we eat a diet without fruit? Trust me, you can do it. You can do it for quite some time in order to get healthy. And so what a clean diet looks like is not the keto of yesteryear. There's a lot of people who suffered on keto. They, they lost weight, put it all back on. And then some, they, they were worse afterwards in terms of their blood levels and their blood tests. And the reason why is because they were eating junk foods. So they would go to butchers and, and buy the lard and eat the lard. They would, they would eat garbage seed oils. They would eat garbage meats like hot dogs and sausages and bacon. This is not the way to do keto. The way we have to do keto is through healthy fats. And so what we're, what we're eating for fats is, is of oils. There's only three oils that are acceptable. 100% pure coconut oil, 100% pure cold-pressed uh, um, olive oil, first cold-pressed olive oil that's extra virgin, or first cold-pressed 100% avocado oil. And you have to make sure that when you look at these oils on the, on the label, that it says 100% olive oil or 100% coconut oil or 100% avocado oil in the ingredient section. Because if it doesn't say that, it's going to be cut with the unhealthy seed oils. The FDA has given special clearance to the food industry to, to label it as olive oil. And they don't have to tell you that they cut it with 70% canola oil or soy oil or some other garbage type oil. So you actually have to look at the ingredients list to see that. You, you do. Or you have to go to the, there's certain websites you can go to to find out what the healthier olive oil or avocado oils are. When you, when you buy those, you'll spend a little bit more money on them. Not a lot more, but a little bit more. But the quality is far different. The taste is, is far richer on, on these oils. So those are the oils I use. When somebody does clean keto for the first time, eat an avocado a day. Avocado is one of your, our richest foods, especially organic ones. Richest foods in terms of nutrients and healthy fats that are good for the body. And then your meats need to be grass-fed and grass-finished beef, or it has to say 100% grass-fed beef. If it doesn't say 100% grass-fed and it only says grass-fed, that means they grass-fed it until the last six weeks of the beef being, being um, produced, so to speak. And then they feed that cow with GMO grains to fat it up at the end, which essentially removes all the healthy benefits of grass-fed beef. So again, it's got to be grass-fed and grass-finished, or it's 100% grass-fed. But that's the beef meat. I still to this day, and I've been doing this for several years now, eat grass-fed beef five to six times a week, sometimes twice a day in my meals. It's that healthy for you. And the fats in it are very healthy for you. And I want to 
I want to add with that, not just the muscle meat, but also the organ meat. I heard uh, some of the criticisms of the carnivore diet were because people were saying how bad it is to only eat like ground beef and muscle meat. But if you throw in there the organ meat, the organ meat has a lot of the nutrients the muscle meat and beef doesn't. I heard like four ounces of beef liver has more nutrients than several pounds of ground beef. That That is correct. Although that disparity is not as much if you are if you're talking the difference between grass-fed and grass-finished beef versus traditional beef you buy at the store, um, your nutritional content for the grass-fed is far higher. But you're right, the liver meat is, or the liver, the organ tissue is far better than even the grass-fed beef. So what you need to do is find a butcher or a company that actually will mix in the organ, uh, the, the liver and, and other organs into your ground grass-fed, grass-finished beef, and you just use that as your beef or hamburger patties every day. Mm. So, so yeah, yeah. So when it comes to the beef, you're absolutely correct. the The organs are 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 even healthier for us to eat. So that is one of the problems of traditional keto is you're not getting the nutrients in the beef or even the carnivore diets being touted today. That makes sense. So beef, yeah, yeah. So beef is one you want to add. Wild caught salmon, Alaskan salmon is better than than Atlantic salmon. So Alaskan specific, far healthier. It needs to be wild caught. That is a very healthy meat. So are wild caught sardines. And then so are your pasture raised eggs. Wonderful source of both protein as well as fats. So it's not just cage free. It's got to be pasture raised eggs. So those are essentially the meats that I switch through every day as I'm getting my healthy proteins and healthy fats. And then to that, I am adding my olive oil, coconut oil, MCT oil, which is an extract of coconut oil or avocado oil. And then with the keto diet, the way to finish it off is to eat anywhere from six to 10 ounces of dark greens a day. The dark greens would include your kale, your spinach, your... Swiss chard, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, and broccoli, or avocado, which even though avocado is technically a fruit, it has the same profile or similar profile to a dark green vegetable plus the healthy fats. Mm-hmm. So we need, we need to get that amount of dark greens a day. When we do this type of clean keto diet, we're not going to suffer the consequences of yesteryear's keto diets. And so that's what I recommend pretty much everybody to go on to. It'll fix your fatty liver over time. It will get rid of your insulin resistance over time. And here's where it gets really powerful is when we can add a biblical concept into it, which is fasting. And so we can, when we get onto a keto diet and we're eating our three meals a day, some people four meals a day, if they, if they want to um, sparse, you know, they want to go throughout the day eating four smaller meals. Most people get up and eat their breakfast. The last meal of the day is their dinner, usually really close to bed. What we want to do is compress the eating time. And so because our bodies in the first couple of days to first couple of weeks are changing over to fat burning rather than glucose burning, our bodies will learn how to adapt to it and recognize that fats are really good long source fuel or sustaining fuel for bodies, which means after a few days or a few weeks, we're going to wake up one day and not be hungry at breakfast time. So I encourage the listeners that do this, don't eat breakfast. 
push it off. You normally eat at eight, don't eat till nine or 10 that day. And, and eventually you're training your body to not eat your first meal to somewhere between 12 and two o'clock each day. And then you'll eat as much as you want until you're satiated, until you feel comfortable. So you've eaten your salt, you've eaten your fats, you've eaten your protein, you've eaten your salad until you're, you just recognize, okay, I think I'm done eating. You do the same thing again, somewhere around five to six o'clock as your last meal for the day. Eat until you're satiated and then you're done for the night. You don't eat again until the next day around 12 or two. What we've done is we've compressed our eating window now into somewhere between two and six hours a day. And so for me, some days I wake up and I eat my first meal at 10 in the morning and my last one's around three. Some days I wake up and I'm not hungry at breakfast or lunch. I don't eat until dinner time. I eat a huge dinner and then I'm done. So I've eaten one meal that day. And, and basically what I've done is I give my body enough time to fast because not only am I fasting with all the health benefits of fasting, but I'm also allowing my body to, to go through its major healing processes. And so what we know about sleep and fasting and cortisol levels that come from our adrenals is if we get into a really good fast, the first three hours after we eat a meal is, is our body digesting the food in our stomach and in our small intestine. And a ton of, of energy from the body goes into that. Our bodies have a hard time sleeping when it's focusing on digesting food. After those first three hours, the next three hours, the body is, is starting its shutdown processes. Now, after six hours has transpired in our fast, is when our body starts going through its major healing uh, time periods. So from six hours to whenever we break our fast, our body's going through autophagy where it's breaking down bad cells and is able to recycle the components of those cells into new cells. So that means that even from a nutritional standpoint, we're able to recycle our salts, recycle a lot of the vitamins just through autophagy rather than just expelling them as waste products. So we preserve that for our bodies. And now imagine if we are eating for say even six hours a day and fasting for 18 in a 24 hour day, that means we've got six hours of digestion and, and the body going into shutdown mode. We've got the balance of that time. So 18 hours minus six is 12 hours of body healing processes. You wanna know how they used to to fight off the common cold flu years ago, they told people don't eat. You drank your water, you rested, maybe took some vitamins, like some vitamin C and zinc, but don't eat. Because your body will go through and fight off whatever that is and be supercharged doing it. And you, go, you got over your sicknesses pretty quickly. And that's exactly how I treat sicknesses today. I don't eat, but for maybe a little bit if I'm feeling famished and I take my vitamins and that's it. And it's amazing how quick you get over any sicknesses. Now, of course, once you are on this diet for a while, you really don't get sick anymore. I haven't been sick in, in literally several years because I know what to do both diet wise as well as, as with my supplements in order to get the body's immune system into high gear. So that's a lot of information to digest, but but that's what I really recommend for most people initially as they go through their, uh, their weight loss and health journey. And intermittent fasting doesn't 
add any cost to your diet. It just changes around when you eat. Maybe if you have a nine to five job, you just skip breakfast and you eat at your lunch break at your nine to five job and you eat dinner when you get home. And other than that, you don't eat throughout the day. It's just rearranging your meal times. That's correct. And even though you're spending more money on your foods, here's what happens to everyone's grocery bills. You spend more money on your food, but you eat less because your body is getting the nutrition it needs. And because you eat less, your grocery bill is actually less in the long run than it is when you're eating all your garbage foods. It really is incredible. And I, and I tell people, you, you just got to try it and see how it works. All right. Yeah, that's that sounds really good. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, so when we talk about this type of diet, there's... And, and let's say somebody gets to the point where they can get off all their medications. Again, do this under a doctor's care, um, naturopathic type doctor's care. You get off your medications. You lost the weight you want to lose. You have high energy levels. The Now you can actually add in organic berries back into your diet. So blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, and some strawberries. You add those back in your diet because there is nutritional content to them. They are very anti-cancer as well. And, uh, and there's a, just a lot of great health benefits to them. So you can add those back in no more than eight ounces at a time. So if you're eating one meal a day, you're only eating eight ounces a day at most. If you eat two meals a day, you should only have two of those servings at most, one or two. And that's what you do long-term. And that's, that's essentially what I do long-term right now. When your body is in depth to do, or in depth to doing this type of diet, you can now over the long haul, add in a potato here or there, sweet potato here or there, a touch of, of, of cooked white rice, preferably cooked white rice has been chilled in the fridge for a few hours first because it changes the starch content. But there's different things you can do to add back in to that diet, again, once you've gotten healthy. Would you recommend brown rice instead of white rice then? So believe it or not, the research right now shows white rice is better than brown rice. Okay. And, and it has to do with how our body breaks down the rice. We can break down white rice better than brown rice. And if, if our gut is not in tip-top shape, the brown rice can co cause problems with the, with the normal flora inside our small intestines. So, so what they actually rec what naturopaths typically recommend today is to, is to eat white rice in small amounts, if you're going to eat it, and you cook it, and then you chill it in the fridge for at least three to four hours first and eat it cold. Because it changes the starch content to be something that is easier digested. And it's, it's, it actually acts somewhat as a prebiotic for the good bacteria in our gut. Huh. I just had Japanese curry for dinner today. So something good to know going forward with Japanese curry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I only use a little bit of white rice when, when we're going to do it. So, so those would be my main tips for diet. But there's a few other things we can, we can talk about how we can save money this way. And, and before we get into it, I, I'm going to just give some basic general advice. And I know, again, Dr. Jason Garwood has some of this in his book as well. We want to cut out sugar completely. If you're doing keto, you're not eating sugar anyway. Now, some people might say, well, what about sweets? Like I want to have, I want to, does that mean I can never have chocolate again? Oh, by no means. I have chocolate nearly every day of my life. I love chocolate. I make it myself now. I buy raw organic cocoa powder. I buy raw cocoa butter, which your cacao butter, which you can find on Amazon. That's, and that's also organic. I buy either organic 100% stevia or monk fruit extract or erythritol, 
which is not a corn-based erythritol. It's got to be birch-based. Lakanto is the only brand I know that sells that one. But you can take that sweetener, use that in, in your melted cocoa butter. You put a cup of sweetener in, a cup of your cocoa powder in. You can put in some essential oils for taste from a revive. You can put in some vanilla extract. And you melt all that down, put it into a glass pan in your fridge for an hour or two. And now you've got chocolate fudge for the rest of the week. Hmm. And this, this type of chocolate, you just need a little square of it and you're satisfied. You don't eat, you don't eat the equivalent of an entire chocolate bar or two. So again, I, I love my chocolate and I, I eat it again almost every day doing this. So, so you can still get some sweets if you want it. But you're going to notice your body will not crave carbs and sweets when you do keto right anyway. So you're, you're not going to want the sugars. And, and the chocolate with, a nat, with just a little bit of natural sweetener will taste great because you're tasting the fats. And that's what actually is tasting good is the healthy fat. Uh, we, talk, we talked about the, this on the last episode, but doing a 20-minute walk after every meal is hugely beneficial for digestion. And, and just health benefits for the body does not need to be heavy lifting. Just, just a quick walk is all that you need. There's a spray that's called TRS spray. And I've got info on this for anybody who emails me later. And uh, Jason has this in his book. It's a detox spray. There's a lot of people who need a detox from the microplastics and the heavy metals that are in society today in the drinking water and food supply. And even in the clothing we wear and, and other products we use, women with their makeup, if they don't use organic and natural makeups, this TRS spray will, will detox you over time. You simply you spray it underneath your tongue, use it for about six months. It'll detox all these things out of your body. The other big thing that I recommend to people is to, is to take vitamin C. And it should either be in the form of a liposomal vitamin C, of which a number of companies make a good liposomal vitamin C. And it should be in the amount of three to five grams a day, or they should take a whole food supplement vitamin C a day. And that should be somewhere around 1,000 to 1,500 milligrams a day. And that needs to be split somewhere between three to four times a day as well. That's like 20 times the recommended daily value, isn't it? Is that how low the recommended daily value is versus what we need? That's correct. That's how low it is. Vitamin C has been shown to be very potent, to be anti-just disease. It's anti-disease, but it's anti-pathogenic. And it's used in our body's immune system in amazing ways. So we've got to get vitamin C, but it's got to be the right kind. It cannot be the lab-made pharmaceutical types that are made out of oil. It's got to be whole food supplements or liposomal vitamin C, which will also be a type of, of whole food supplements made in liposomal form. It's easily absorbed. So we've, we've got to get tons more vitamin C. And anybody who's suffering from any type of chronic disease, whether it's, it's a so-called autoimmune disease or cancer, that vitamin C should actually be increased to somewhere between 10 and 15 grams a day. Or if you have an acute sickness, a cold, a flu, a COVID-19 should be 10 to 15 grams a day. And basically, people can tell what their upper limit of vitamin C is just by just by how their body feels. The moment you start to get a stomach ache in a day or you start to get diarrhea, that's your upper limit. And, and that should be the amount you take now every day, but split throughout the day. So a little bit, three to four, maybe even six times a day, you split it up. And then you also had a vitamin D on the list too that you want to talk about. Absolutely. So 
So vitamin D, almost everybody's deficient in it. So when we talk about the FDA's recommendations and USRDA values, vitamin D is woefully deficient. If you go get your blood test today on a scale of zero to what they call 100, really going to be much higher than that. On a scale of zero, zero to 100, medical doctors will tell you that 30 is your baseline. That is normal. Now, most people in America today are somewhere around 20 to 25. If you don't consciously get out in the sun for an hour a day in shorts and a t-shirt, and if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you can't do that, or you're a Northern uh, part of the hemisphere, you can't do that. So you've got to supplement it a different way, which is going to be through tablets or some type of vitamin D supplementation or some type of red light therapy. But we've got to get our vitamin D in. And here's what's crazy is while most people are low at 20 to 25, the feds tell us it should be 30. The naturopaths tell us, tell us it should be between 80 and 90. And that furthermore, during COVID, which again, would be a whole episode on its own. If, if you had COVID, it was suggested for you to take somewhere around 50 to 100,000 international units of vitamin D a day until you got over COVID. And if you were around people with COVID, you should do it as well. And it would take you months of that type of supplementation to get you to 80 to 90 on your level of zero to 100. So vitamin, vitamin D is a very, very safe vitamin to take. And, and we're drastically low in our, in our systems. Yeah, because that's water soluble. So if you take too much, all it does is just make your urine more yellow, well, right? Well, well, actually, vitamin C and vitamin B are the other water solubles. Vitamin D is fat soluble. Okay. However, vitamin D isn't actually a vitamin. It's actually a hormone, hormone precursor. So vitamin D works differently in the system, and, and it can be stored safely in the body if you have a lot of it. Now, here's the thing is medical doctors tell you if you're 80, 90, it's too high, 100, you're off the charts. During COVID years, my wife and I kept our vitamin D levels under a naturopath's you know, recommendations to, we had ours between 130, 140 on, the, on those levels. We have research today that shows that we would have reduced the COVID-19 death rate by 86% had people been given vitamin D supplements alone. I'm not talking ivermectin. I'm not talking hydroxychloroquine. I'm not talking zinc or even vitamin C. Vitamin D alone would have reduced the death rate by that much. Wow. That's, that's how deficient we are overall with our vitamin D levels. So yes, we have got to get on a good supplement. And I, I just lost you for a moment. Can you hear me? Oh, you know what? I accidentally hit mute. Sorry about that. Oh, you're so, fine. Yeah. So people, to get their vitamin D levels up, there's calculators online. If you get your vitamin D levels checked what they are today, and you say, this is what my target is. I want it to be targeted at 80 or 90. It'll actually tell you based on your body weight. And if you're male or female, because, you know, medicine does still actually believe males and females have different body chemistries, despite what they tell us today publicly. Um, you can tell in these online calculators how much vitamin D you have to supplement with morning and night to get to the levels you want to be at. And then how much you actually have to take in order to maintain it. And then you just get your vitamin D levels checked once a year by your doctor to make sure you're there. The average person's got to take between 10 and 20,000 IUs a day in order to get their levels up after a couple of months. That, that goes to show you how far below the standard we're actually at. Yeah. Wow. 
you recommend even in summer taking vitamin D or in the summer just trying to get out a lot? If you can get out a lot, that is your best vitamin D. But you, but you have to be outside. Women need to be in a, in a tank top so that a lot of their skin is exposed. Men should either be shirtless or in a tank top for, for between 45 and 60 minutes a day and shorts on. And it, it seems to be that's enough to be able to get the amount of vitamin D you need for your daily levels. Okay. Now, now, having said all that, when we talk about vitamin D levels, that also means that we can't be putting on sunscreens. You put on a sunscreen and you're blocking all of the healthy benefits of the sun onto your skin. Now, some people might say, well, what about, health, what about cancer rates for skin? Well, if you look at the research, why is it the people down south who, like in Florida and, and those other states, who don't typically wear a lot of sunscreen have far less cancer rates than people who are in the northern states? Yeah, I was at NRB a couple of years ago, last year, I think, and I talked to this lady who's done a bunch of research into this, and she said sunscreen basically keeps us from getting burned, but it doesn't actually block out the actual like cancer carcinogenic part of the ultraviolet rays. So it just keeps you from getting a sunburn, but it doesn't actually help you not get skin cancer. Well, that that's correct to a degree. Um, the other the other issue with it is that some of the components, unless you get a natural brand that only has, and I'm not even a fan of these, but titanium dioxide or zinc oxide, if that is the only ingredient in it, it is the safest thing you can take if you choose to use a sunscreen. Um, every other type of sunscreen on the market or sunblock on the market has, has oxys and other types of really bad chemicals that are actually cancer causing. Mm. So that's the other side of it all. If, if, you, if you want to get out in the sun, all you do in the springtime is you go outside for five to 10 minutes with no sunscreen on. The next day, go back out again now and add a couple minutes to it. Next day, go back out again, add a couple minutes to it. And before you know it, your body's producing your melanin properly and you're not going to get burned. And, and this is how I treat my body. I haven't touched a sunscreen in years just by, by doing this. Now, granted, I, I'm, I've got, a, I'm Italian in my background, so I have more of an olive skin. I tan a little bit easier. But even my wife, who is from Northern Italy, and, and she's got some other uh, Northern European um, aspects to her, she's got lighter skin. She still has taught her body how to tan. When somebody goes on a healthy diet full of good nutrition and full of healthy fats, you will find that you will burn less and tan better because a lot of the a lot of sunburns happen due to our diets and having inflammatory diets rather than having the healthy diets that, that minimize inflammation in the body. So all these things actually work together. I don't worry about sunburns whatsoever. I don't worry about skin cancer whatsoever. If you've, if you've cut your sugar out of your diet, you, you take your supplements and you eat properly. These are things you in general don't have to worry about. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Sylvester. That's a lot of really good information. And then, yeah, you uh, you uh, were saying you have something to say about uh, too much sugar. So I want to let you go more into that. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the real tragic stories is um, my while my wife survived her, her cancer scare of of leukemia several years ago, one of her dear friends from from high school got ovarian cancer about a year after that. And she decided to go the complete medical route 
of chemo, radiation, radical surgery. And, and sadly, without getting into too much detail, the medical doctors were not very honest with her about the stage she was in. It had already metastasized. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad how far it had gone by the time it was even discovered. But one of the, one of the things that really was, was upsetting to me is I said, look, you know, and I, won't, I won't use her name, but I said, look, if you, even if you want to go the traditional medicine route and don't want to see the naturopath that, that my wife Julie used, you don't want to um, do a bunch of dietary changes like, like I would suggest you to do. If anything, just cut the sugar out. Get rid of the sugar. Sugar is what feeds not only the cancer cells, but the pathogens that help cause the cancer in the first place. Get rid of the sugar and, and it will do your body really, really well. So what did she do? She went to the medical doctors who, and asked them because she really trusted them to say, hey, you know, my friend's telling me not to do sugar, that it's poisonous to me. It's, it feeds cancer. What do you think? And they said, oh, no, your friend who's only a dentist doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, a little bit of sugar is fine to, to take. And she comes and relays this information to me. And I was, I was so upset about it. And, and here's why. And this is what I want to share with listeners. This is how corrupt our medical system is right now. And, for, and, and money. Cancer, again, the number one, uh, or I'm sorry, one of the highest, I think it's number two in terms of disease rates. But I think more money is, is put into cancer than even the number one, which is heart disease. Cancer is unbelievable how much money is spent and how much money is made by hospitals, doctors, and pharmaceuticals through cancer therapy. So when she told me this about sugar, I said, okay, I want you to tell, I want you to tell me how is cancer officially diagnosed? And, and there's really only two, a couple of ways it is. You have to either biopsy the cancer, look at it under a microscope to tell exactly what it is. And that's really your best way of doing it. The other way is to figure out, to help figure out where the cancer's at in your body is by using a PET scan. And sometimes PET scans will help give you an idea as to what it is before you cut into it and, and take a biopsy. But a PET scan will tell, will tell doctors how far the cancer spread and where it's at throughout the body. And they use a PET scanning device to light up certain areas of your body that have cancer in them. Now, the question that I ask everybody is, what do they use to light you up? Now, I'm not talking about the equipment, but I'm talking about what they actually give you into your body. Because they have to give you something that you swallow. It goes throughout your body within, you know, a half hour or so. And then they have to use the PET scanning machine on you to image you to see where the cancer's at. Well, guess what they give you in order to determine where your cancer's at? They give you a type of glucose that is radioactive. So it's a, it's a lab-made radioactive glucose. They feed you. Glucose is sugar. This glucose goes throughout your body. And of course, the areas of cancer and the pathogens that help cause the cancer are eating up the sugar really fast because they're rapidly dividing cells and it lights up the PET scan. So they it's all about make your cancer grow really quickly in order to see where you have cancer at. Well, yeah, they're making it, they're making it essentially light up. It would, it would be akin to, to going to a desert of having all dry plants and then you put a bunch of water down, and within minutes, hours, your plants are sprouting again. I, I tell people this is often like, I live in Ohio, northern Ohio, and in the middle of the summer, we will get drought conditions for three or four weeks every summer, almost every summer. 
And so that's usually the best time of summer because you don't have to cut your grass at all. Your grass goes dormant. It's yellow for those three or four weeks. But all it takes is one rain for that grass to perk right back up again, green and start growing like crazy. This is what happens when they essentially feed sugar, a massive amount of sugar in your system in order to, for it to light up on the PET scan. It's all digesting this, this sugar. And so I tell people that, that um, for cancer, you've got to cut your sugar out 100%. It's clear that sugar feeds it. But sugar also feeds lots of other disease processes in the body. And it's not good enough to cut your sugar out for a few weeks. I know a lot of people tell me, you know, I'm doing my best. You know, I've cut down 90% of my sugar. Well, that's, that's wonderful. You cut down 90% of it. But honestly, it really isn't enough. You've got to cut out your sugar 100% if you're trying to get over cancer, trying to get over certain autoimmune diseases, trying to get over certain sicknesses, or just trying to get healthier in general. The sugar has got to be cut out 100%. Now, it's arguable whether some people later on can go back to sugar, but at least in small amounts. But the reality is, is we've got such healthy alternatives now, starting with, as I said in an earlier episode, organic stevia, organic erythritol from the brand Lakanto, or monk fruit extract. They're all zero calorie or near zero calorie sweeteners that will not affect your body. Do not um, jump your uh, your um, insulin resistance issue, issues and your blood sugar levels. So those are wonderful for you. But yeah, then there's a couple that, of other, and, yeah. The anti-cancer diet you sent me like a couple of years ago, you even have people taking keto, or sorry, not keto. You have people taking stevia on it every day as part of the anti-cancer diet. That's right. And anti-Lyme. So stevia is one of the only things we know that can help kill Lyme pathogens. You know, as doctors will tell you, and our naturopath tells us, she goes, cancer is easy. I can, I can cure most people's cancers with, within, within three to six months. It's, it's the Lyme disease that is really, really difficult. And Lyme is the center of a lot of different autoimmune diseases. Whether people ever get diagnosed for it or not, it's a different story. But Lyme is a big issue. And stevia is one of the only things we know of that over time can actually kill Lyme. So yeah, there's, there's actually great health benefits to, to stevia. But for people that still like some sweeteners that have a little bit of calories in them, there are a couple safe alternatives after you've gone through your keto diets to lose your weight, after you've gotten off your medications and you're feeling great, it's okay to add certain things like organic coconut sugar into your diet. Organic coconut sugar is, uh, is something that the pathogens can't use very well. It doesn't really jump your blood sugar levels very much. So that's something that is safe in smaller quantities. And there is one chocolate bar in the market that when I'm traveling, I will buy because I can't really make my own chocolate and bring it with me in most cases. And that's, it's, a, it's a bar called Hoo Bar, H-U. Pretty healthy, healthy uh, chocolate overall, good fat content in it. And it, the only sweetener is organic coconut sugar. So that's a, that's a safe alternative for people. Organic honey that, is, that you can validate is natural because most honeys on the market are either fixed with a bunch of sugar water added to it that is that is that is um, uh, put on a stovetop to burn out some of the water that's added to honey to increase yields and there are some beekeepers that will put out sugar water for their bees rather than forcing the bees to work and go to the flowers to get the actual nectar and that's a problem too so you got to find good beekeepers that have legitimate honey but that's also a wonderful sweetener and has been shown to be 
antipathogenic, antimicrobial, meaning antiparasitic, antifungal, antibacterial, and, uh, and uh, antiviral. So those are wonderful sweeteners people can do. What about pure organic maple syrup? Is that okay? It is okay if it's dark and you can guarantee that it is, it is pure. Okay. Again, I limit the quantities of it because if you're trying to do keto, even long-term, these are things that can jump your blood sugar levels a little bit. So, so there's that balance there. But a little bit of that is, is absolutely fine to do too. Okay. So obviously, yeah, obviously if somebody is listening to this episode, they're going to have to go back and listen to the first two if they didn't already, because we're, <laughs> we're going back and forth on a lot of this information, but, uh, but it's, it's so important that, that people get all of this down. And, and I think that as the last stuff we wanted to talk about in this series is really how do people save money overall? How do they get healthy and be able to save money? Yeah. So, so one of those that you talked about was, is just cutting out pop, right? Soda pop mm -hmm. and saves, saves people a ton of money. Go drink water. If you really want something that's sweet, there are some products you can use over the counter. Vitamin water has a zero product. So it's called vitamin water zero, sweet with erythritol. For people who are trying to cut pop out of their diet, it's a little bit more expensive initially, but there is a type of soda on the market called Zevia, Z-E-V-I-A. comes in all the different flavors that, you, that, is, that pop comes in, but it's made out of stevia instead. Mm. So those are healthy alternatives, but what ends up happening for people, again, when you're on a keto diet, as we outlined in the last episode, your, your taste buds change, you start to want to eat the fats, they taste sweet to you, and you really get away from most of your sweet foods, you're, you're, you don't desire them anymore. So pop, for a lot of people, they won't even desire it in the long run. Or herbal teas I, that use something a little bit sweeter, like elderberry tea we have on the list. That's a sweeter herbal tea that could maybe help you use that instead of pop as you're transitioning out of that type of stuff. Absolutely. Elder, elderberry tea is a wonderful tea to be able to use. And even people can use a little bit of your stevia monk root extract or erythritol and put it into your tea, mix it up. And as days go on, put less and less in and your taste buds will be trained to not like it anymore anyway. So yeah, that's a, that's a great way to do it. I'm, I'm a big fan of the elderberry tea. Mm -hmm. So um, coffee is another one we talked about. Now it is important when we drink our coffee that we buy coffee and there's only a few brands out there that do this, but buy a coffee that is mycotoxin free. It's gotta be certified mycotoxin free by third party company because coffee has a ton of health benefits. It's one of the products that's known to help cleanse your liver as well, naturally. The caffeine in coffee is very good for you in limited quantities. One to two cups a day, maybe up to four in males is okay to take, but it's got to be mycotoxin-free. The brand I use is a brand called Life Boost, which you can buy online. They run Facebook ads all the time for 50, 50, 50 to 58% off. I buy that in bulk and, and we drink one cup every maybe three to four days every week. So black coffee is a, is a good, cheap alternative to use. Now, for people who like creamer in their coffee, one of the things I'll do as a treat, maybe once a week, is I use full-fat, unsweetened coconut cream. And I, I take a can, I buy, I'll buy it like by the 12 on Amazon or some other place that I can find it. I, I would really like to avoid Amazon if I can. 
but I'll, I'll buy the coconut cream, mix it up really good. And I pour it out into ice cube trays and, and then I freeze them. And the coconut cream, because it's mostly fat, does not freeze fully. It's kind of a soft freeze. But I'll take that and I'll throw it into one of those cubes into my coffee, maybe a little sweetener if I want. And then I have my, my coffee treat. And it'll taste better than any coffee drink you ever make. It is so rich with a coconut cream. Hmm. One other fun thing to do for people with coconut cream is, is those same cubes that you make, you can make ice cream out of. And so one, one of the best investments you can do is to have a really, really good blender. And the, the one I like is called a Vitamix, which you can find at Costco. And Vitamixes, you can take your coconut cream, throw it in there with some almond milk or coconut milk. You can put in an avocado if you want for, for the health benefits of avocado. Even though it'll turn it green, it'll taste wonderful in your ice cream. Throw a little sweet in there, a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of chocolate powder if you want. You can do whatever you want with it and mix this up. You will find it'll be the tastiest, richest ice cream you could ever make. I throw some ice cubes in there as well. So I'll do that ice cream on occasion at home that way. Cheaper than what you buy in the store, far healthier, and you eat far less of it because it's so rich. Hmm. And you're hearing with this stuff, you know, just talking to the listener, not to you, Dr. Sylvester, right now, you're hearing the stuff Dr. Sylvester is saying. He's not saying eating healthy means that you just have to eat, uh, you know, kale and uh, meat with no no spices in it or something like that all day long. Like he's talking about stuff that tastes just as good, if not better, as the unhealthy stuff, but you're making it in a different way that's a lot healthier for you. Absolutely. And and again, while these products cost a little bit more when you buy them from the store than the cheaper alternatives you don't eat as much of it. So you save, you do save money that way in the long run. And I guess while we're saving, we're talking about saving money. One of the things I like to recommend everybody, especially if you live close to one or somewhat close to one is go to Costco. Costco is a wonderful store for their organics and their natural foods. So you can find Alaskan salmon wild caught for $9.99 a pound. I buy, I have an extra freezer that I bought off of Amazon, keep a freezer in the basement and it's filled. Every time I go to, go to Costco or I find good sales, I will buy these things in bulk and then just eat them over time. So they, they carry the salmon $9.99 a pound. It's very, very healthy for you. We get, we get all of our organic greens, both fresh and frozen organic greens from Costco organic berries we get at our at our local Costco for people who like um, nuts macadamia nuts are really healthy and very tasty by the way when it comes to uh, when it comes to the keto diet I eat you know half a handful or so of macadamia it's pretty much every day because it's a treat I really enjoy it's cheapest at Costco to get those there as well and then they've got a lot of other good products while you cannot generally find grass-fed, grass-finished beef at Costco, in the freezer section, they carry 100% grass-fed burger patties. So it's the same thing. They just make it into patties for you, and that comes out to about $5 a pound. So what you pay for garbage meat in the stores, you can pay for this in your hamburger patties. So I buy a ton of those, throw them in the freezer, and I'll have one pack thawing in the fridge at any given time because, again, I eat beef almost every day 
And it's as simple as taking one or two patties out, depending on my mood, throwing them either in a frying pan or in the oven or on the grill. And within a few minutes, I've got a, a quick and easy meal. So I, I love Costco. Again, it's a it's a great way to save money. I, I don't have to go to Whole Foods for a whole lot of things anymore between Costco and other local stores that I can shop at. Yeah, I get a lot of stuff from Kroger's Simply Organic line because I'll look at the price comparison and you'll have the name brand not organic and the Kroger Simply Organic, you know, off brand and the off brand organic is cheaper than the name brand not organic. That that's you're absolutely right. Kroger is one of my favorite stores. Unfortunately, the nearest Kroger to me is an hour away. Oh wow! Whereas, yeah, I, which is Northern Ohio, there's a monopoly by a different company, so Kroger hasn't been in there in a long time. Costco, on the other hand, I have ten minutes away, so I can go to Costco easier. But whenever I travel out of town, I look for Kroger because Kroger is in a lot of parts of the country, and even mm-hmm. if Kroger's don't have stores somewhere. They typically have distribution centers that you can order from and have delivered directly to you. So Kroger is a wonderful place to go for their Simply Truth brand. Yeah, it's a great tip for your listeners. And even even Walmarts, you know, depending on if you want to shop at Walmart or not, I, I used to recommend Target. They have a ton of organics now, but I, I refuse to walk into Targets now. But for people who, in their, if their conscience doesn't bother them with Target, they've got a lot of organics for cheaper as well. So you're finding some of the mainstream stores starting to carry these items as well and be able to save a lot of money that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting back to the list, uh, one that I like that's on here is green tea because I drink 20, 30, maybe up to 40 ounces of green tea almost every day. Oh, wow. So you're, you're getting your good caffeine that way then. Yeah, because I just I don't hardly ever drink coffee, but green tea is so low in caffeine compared to coffee. So I'll just make like a 35 ounce or whatever my teapot is of green tea almost every day. And that entire pot of green tea is maybe as much caffeine as two cups of coffee, maybe less. I don't know. Yep, that's right. And and the, and the, it's a cleaner caffeine in a lot of your green teas, especially organic green teas. And you usually don't have the mycotoxin issues with tea like you do coffee. So it is a it's a wonderful alternative. And, and it's and it's a cheap alternative. So now I now do you buy organic green tea? Yeah. So what I like is uh, Walmart has this. Uh, it's called like Uncle Lee's organic green tea. You can get a pack of a hundred tea bags of organic green tea at Walmart. It's maybe like five dollars for a pack of a hundred. It used to be like three fifty like a year ago, but you know, inflation and all. Yeah. Yeah. No. That and that's that's wonderful to find it there. What I was going to tell tell your listeners is one of my favorite places to shop is tj maxx marshall's and home goods which is all the same brands those stores are not just clothing stores so if your wife drags you or if your husband drags you to a store uh, for clothes make sure you go to the food section they have high-end foods for cheaper than what you can find pretty much anywhere else i i can always when i'm traveling i can always find organic green tea I can find organic detox teas that are made out of either dandelion root or, or other items and other types of teas like for sleep, like chamomile. They're all organic and you can always find them at those stores in their food sections. And those are pretty cheap as well. So, so there's ways to go about this with, again, without having to go to Whole Foods type stores. Now, one of the things on our list we wanted to talk about is Epsom salt baths. So 
In a previous episode, we talked about the TRS spray, which is a zeolite spray that helps detox you. But one of the easiest ways to detox is through the largest organ of our body, which is our skin. And in what I do twice a week at home is I, and my wife and son do the same thing, is we, we turn on the hot bath water. And, and really, you want it ideally to be as hot as you can possibly tolerate it. But you, you do hot bath water, fill up your bathtub, and in there, you can put in a whole cup of your magnesium bath salts. So I can find those Walmart carries that, that were really cheap. You can also often find it at TJ Maxx and Marshall, sometimes even on clearance. Amazon, you can buy big boxes of it, and it's really cheap when you buy it in bulk. But we'll do these detox baths twice a week with, with magnesium salts in it, Epsom salts. If you want to get really fancy with your Epsom salt baths, you can also add some other things to it. You can add a cup of what's called sodium bicarbonate, otherwise known as baking, baking soda. You can buy that in bulk on Amazon as well. So I'll buy that. I think it's in a 70-pound box we'll have delivered. Wow. And yeah, we'll keep that in our bathroom and, and we'll use a cup of that in that bath as well. Um, if you want to get even better, you can use borax. So borax is, a, is the old laundry detergent slash whitener. Well, it's also really good for our skin. And we can put a cup of borax in the, in the water. And then the last thing I'll, I'll put in is, is I buy 35% food grade hydrogen peroxide. And I'll buy that online. You can only find it online. I'll find the cheapest place it has it. Make sure it's in a dark container. That light doesn't come in because it breaks it down. But I'll add a cup of that maybe once a week to the water as well. And so all these things together are a wonderful detox method. And it's important that when you do this, you take a loofah or some type of sponge in the bath with you. And after you've soaked for 15 to 20 minutes, you really don't want to go much more than 20 minutes. But once you've been in there for 15 to 20, you take the loofah and you scrub all your skin as, as good as you can, you know, not raw or anything, just scrub it a couple of times everywhere. And then as soon as you jump out of your bathtub, go take a shower, the colder, the better, and wash off everything you can. And what you're doing is, is a lot of the toxins excreted from your body, some into the bath water, some out of the surface of your skin, trapped in the oils. And uh, because your pores all open up from the hot water. Now, if you allow it to sit in your skin too long, you theoretically could absorb some of those toxins back in your system. So it's best to go take a shower right afterwards and wash off with a good healthy soap. The, uh, the soap that I use in my house is, is either Castile soap, plain Castile soap, or there's one uh, brand called Everyone uh, three-in-one soap. You can find that at TJ Maxx and Marshalls as well as, as well as Target and other, other stores. And that's the only other healthy soap I will actually use because the rest of them are filled with, with, with bad preservatives. What's neat about those good soaps even is you don't need a lot of it with a loofah and a little bit goes a long way. So you buy a lot less soap over the long haul when you use Castile soap or this three-in-one everyone soap. Why don't you want to do an Epsom salt bath more than 20 minutes? Well, so there's something called a Herx reaction that can occur. And, and this is something that, you know, we don't, I'm sure don't have time to get into today, but if you're going through say a liver detox, or in this case, a salt bath, you're going through a skin detox, which really is your liver 
detoxing into your lymph lymphatics and your bloodstream is has got toxins in it. It's all coming to your surface and your body has mechanisms to pull it out in your sweat. So what happens is, is if you do too much detox at once, too much, too many of your toxins are getting released from body tissues at the same time, it can overload your lymphatic drainage system and you can actually get sick from it. Now it'll go away within a few days, but you, you can feel pretty miserable from it. So 20 minutes is about the max time you want to detox, maybe 22. And what's going to happen is, is if you've done your bath correctly, you've done it hot enough and you've sat in it pretty much your entire body underneath water other than maybe your head. When you get up out of the water, you might feel slightly faint. And, and that's, that's what the detox is feeling like to you. Now that goes away pretty quickly. Once you take your shower, especially as cold as possible, you know, as cold as you can, take your shower, finish it off always with purely cold water for at least 10 seconds, if not 30, when you're done and, and go lay down. You'll feel in a few minutes, you feel better. If you do it too much longer than 20, 22 minutes, it'll be hard to shake that from you. Trust me, I've done that myself. I've, I've learned it on my own. If you do too much liver detox, so there's liver detox teas. There's also supplements from Premier Research Labs, which is the company I primarily use for my supplements. They have a wonderful liver detox called Hepatavin that has milk thistle, dandelion, and other, other um, natural remedies in it. If you take too much of that every day, you can also get a Herx reaction where you just feel miserable for a while until your body can get rid of what you've detoxed with your own fatics. Hmm. So, so that's why we have to be careful. And then for people who want to know more, just look up H-E-R-X reactions online and you can learn a lot more about that. That's something Google has not done algorithms to get a, to, uh, to make disappear yet. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, also, since you mentioned PR Labs, why don't you give your email address and I can include it in the description because you said if people want to buy stuff from PR Labs to reach out to you. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things we like to do in ministry is, is give out these codes. I have a doctor account and I give out doctor codes for people that save you a tremendous amount of money. And so the reality is you can buy supplements for about the same amount of money from Premier using these codes than you can buying the garbage stuff from Walmart. So my email address is creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N, revival, R-E-V-I-V-A-L, at gmail.com, creationrevivalgmail.com. If you email me and just ask me for the vitamin supplement code, I will send that to you. If you want to know more about keto diets, foods that are good, foods that aren't, as well as um, all the other goods and bads that we talked about today and even more, I've got sheets, uh, Microsoft Word documents I can also forward to you, things that I've put together listening to some of the great people out there, the Dr. Mercola's, Dr. Berg's, our own naturopath, and, uh, and others that uh, I've kind of compiled together into a few documents that will help you on your either weight loss journey or health journey going forward. And in these documents, I include Premier Research Labs, and then another company called Pure Encapsulations, which unfortunately Nestle bought them a few years ago. Um, they still have very high quality supplements, but it may change over the next couple of years. So I'm 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 be I'm wary of it for the long haul. But for right now, all my supplements come from those two companies. What I can get from Premier, I get from Premier. If I can't get it there, 
I get it from pure encapsulations. Okay. Something I forgot to mention with the Epsom salt baths, uh, adding essential oils to it, especially lavender, I think is a good one. Yeah. So lavender. Now I, I have to mention again, in a previous episode, we talked about this very briefly, but most essential oils on the market are not good for us to, to take. And Living, Young Living and doTERRA, which are huge within the Christian space of businesses, even though they're not Christian companies, a lot of Christians sell them and, uh, and get people in their downlines to sell them for them within churches. They used to be really good natural products. They're not so much anymore. So there's a different company called Revive out of San Francisco. There is no multi-level marketing with it. It's direct to consumer. You're paying about half the cost for Revive is what you are, Young Living and doTERRA. And it's the only supplement company in America that is full European standard, which means that it's not just ingestible, but it's not going to harm you. So any one of their essential oils, you can put directly under your tongue, you can put in your food, you can put in your coffee or your tea, or you can put it in your bath. Because even in your bath, because your skin is your largest organ in your body, you're going to absorb what you put into your bath. You're going to absorb peroxide, you're going to absorb Epsom salt, you're going to absorb the sodium bicarbonate, you're also going to absorb your essential oils. So you always want to use pure essential oils for your bath. It only takes one or two drops of lavender to make the whole bath water smell like lavender. And lavender not only has calming and relaxing effects and sleeping effects, it is also very antimicrobial for the body. So it kills a lot of pathogens within your system. So some of my favorites to use, I like using lavender. I like using peppermint. Sometimes I'll put some uh, lemon in there if I want that type of smell. And then for people who have a lot of issues with their, with their muscles or joints, there's a special blend from Revive that is, that is called Acoway. It's, it has an equivalent in, in both the doTERRA and Young Living. So anybody who has Young Living and doTERRA, I encourage you to switch and switch immediately. Find somebody who will take you sell off your doTERRA and Young Living, stop using it, and take that money and go buy Revive. Um, you'll, you'll probably make money in that process, by the way, doing it. But it, you can find on, on their website the equivalent. Everything you would buy for blends from Young Living and doTERRA, you can find within, your, within Revive. And so the Panaway that everyone uses in Young Living, it's one of the most popular blends. It's called Acoway and Revive. You can buy that. One or two drops in that your bath water makes you feel amazing afterwards. You know, my wife has a lot of, of uh, neck issues just from the years of the dental work she used to do and the, and the reception work when I owned my practice over the years. And, and she's a lot of neck issues. There's things we've been able to help through diet and supplements for inflammation to help her tremendously. But there's still some injuries that are just semi-permanent. And even one drop of this essential oil on her skin um, using it in a little bit of a carrier oil like MCT oil on her skin, you get almost immediate relief with it. So I'm a big fan of that company and a big fan of using it in those Epsom salt baths. Yeah, I was not getting on the essential oil train for like the longest time. And uh, ever since like 10 years ago, I've just struggled with getting these occasional spots of staph infection. I, I don't know if this has any correlation, but right before I remember getting the first one, I got a mosquito bite that got infected. I don't know if that there's some causation there or if it was just coincidence but uh last year our friend darren stid my pastor he gave me some frankincense oil and so i tried it and i put some frankincense oil on a spot of staph infection and within a few hours 
I saw more progress than I'd ever seen with anything else in a day or two. Yeah, frankincense is a wonderful antimicrobial oil. And actually, frankincense, when you use it in combination with other oils, it enhances those properties, those oils. So I will often use frankincense, a drop of that, in combination with other mixes that I make personally. So there's a massage oil I like to make um, that my wife that I use for my wife with with a pan um, away in it. I always have a drop or two of frankincense in there um, to help her out. What one thing you might want to try: oregano oil, tea tree oil, and lavender oil are some of your best antimicrobials. So those are really good on open wounds or for infected areas. And if you add a drop of frankincense to it, it makes it far more powerful. So yeah, I'm glad. I know I know your pastor and his wife are into essential oils as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's huge benefits in them. Yeah, I've used some oregano oil with a little bit of some sort of carrier oil because uh, the oregano oil burns if you put it on your bare skin. <laughs> it, it, it does. Although I'll tell you, if you use Revive, it's far less potent on your skin in that way because it's pure. So okay. even though it, yes, even though it burns, like every so often I'll get a, a uh, cold sore and I will put it directly on the cold sore. It'll burn for a few seconds, but it'll be gone in a day. Huh. That's how powerful the uh, oregano is. So it doesn't bother me a whole lot, but yeah, most people, if you don't like the burn, just add a touch of carrier oil to it and, and you'll be fine. I haven't bought anything from Revive yet. So next time I buy some i'll have to try theirs and see if it's better and yeah i use lysine i take the lysine supplement and it helps with uh uh, with cold sores as well i'll have to try that with the oil and yeah both of them lysine is good to take anyways with or without cold source yes it is it's one of those essential amino acids for us to take so what you know and and for people who get a lot of cold sores you'll find that that will reduce as well may not get rid of it completely because it's a it's a permanent herpes infection in your in your lips so you can't ever get rid of it completely but but you can minimize the outbreaks of it so a good diet helps with that high lysine in your diet helps with that and then of course having first line of defense things like oregano oil help with that as well when they pop out yeah my wife would appreciate if i didn't get them as often because whenever i get one it's like well we can't kiss until this has been gone for several days so i know it's not contagious anymore yeah. Yeah. Sadly, sadly, they can be pretty contagious until they're crusted over. But uh, now I, I will tell you this as a, as a dentist, there are some dentists, I'm one of them who has a dental laser in my office and you can actually get these lasered off of you. Hmm. And we've got research to show that if you laser the skin around, you don't actually touch the laser to the skin. The laser sits a couple of millimeters above the skin and we do a couple of minutes of laser therapy you can kill off the virus and it, it appears as if you do it a few times and the virus is permanently dead from those nerves. It will never come back in that area. Hmm. So, so it's a really interesting therapy. A lot of dentists don't know about it. And the ones that do usually charge sadly a lot of money for it, but there are remedies for, for herpes of the mouth, what we call cold sores. Hmm. Well, I think we just have a few more minutes left. So were there any closing remarks that you wanted to say? You know, I, I, I think the, the last thing I wanted to say is, is get your exercise. It's you do not, when you start on keto, you actually don't want to do a lot of exercise other than walking. Your body is learning how to change over from glucose burning to fat burning. 
So you won't have the energy to do high intensity workouts or even lifting weights will be difficult for you. That's okay. As long as you get the protein you need to have, you lift even a little bit of weights and you go do walking, you will not lose muscle mass when you're in your initial stages of keto. As you're losing weight and as your body is getting gaining an energy and feeling better from, from the keto, you can now start to incorporate some weight training into your exercise. Doesn't have to be heavy weights, just, just some weight training, especially for females to keep up the bone density. But the exercise is important. And you don't have to do hours and hours and hours of exercise. Most people can just go for a brisk 20-minute walk after each meal and, and maybe lift weights four, three to four times a week. And that's really all you actually need to do long-term. And it boosts your body tremendously. I know one of the things you had on your list was, was going out and doing your own yard work. Cut your own grass, go pull your own weeds, do it with a tank top on when it's warm enough so you get your vitamin D. And between your, your sweat and the sunlight vitamin D production you get, the infrared that you get from the sun, it is, it is money saving and it's, and it's hugely healthy for you. I'll, I'll say one last thing, because we had this on the list as well to cover, was about saunas. Some people, if you have a gym membership, you ha there is a sauna that's available, either red light therapy sauna or a steam sauna. Go use it. It is a wonderful detox method for you to use. But you got to sit in a sauna for at least 20 minutes. You can up to 40 inside a sauna, a little bit different than a hot bath. Those are wonderful to use. For people who don't have the ability to purchase an expensive sauna or don't have a gym membership, they have a sauna. One of the things you can do is make your own sauna in your house. And there's a company called Sauna Space that sells bulbs, red light therapy bulbs for about 90, 90 or 95 bucks a bulb. You can buy one or two of those bulbs. You have to buy a special light fixture for it. That light fixture has to fit for 250 watt bulbs and your same 110 elect, uh, volt electrical socket. But if you buy one of those, those, those light fixtures and put a couple of these red bulbs into it and go into a closet. All right, so Dr. Silvestro and I got cut off right there because of time constraints from not having Zoom Premium. So basically he said, use that red light thing he mentioned and you gotta get the stuff set up special for it you can't just put into a regular light fixture and do this in a closet he said uh, drywall or wood is fine that heating up the drywall wouldn't be toxic to you or like a ceramic tile shower if you want to do this in your shower and then you can basically like he was saying for a few hundred bucks make your own shower sauna at home instead of spending a few thousand buying a single or two-person sauna one thing I mentioned to him too, and this was when we were talking on the phone after we got cut off, my uh, only work certain times of the year, but is a free sauna where uh, I just go into my car while it's sitting outside. Back at the end of August this year, I got sick and my, uh, my Burgundy 07 Impala, you know, Burgundy is a pretty dark color. It's got a dark cloth interior, not leather. This would probably be miserable if it was a leather interior, but it's got cloth, like dark gray, black interior. And I just sat out in my car for like 40 or so minutes at the end of August. And uh, it definitely worked like a sauna. Got very hot. So 
when it's warm outside, especially on a sunny day, especially if you got a darker colored car, free sauna. Just sit out in your car. Maybe reading a book that you don't care if it gets damaged a little bit from your sweat, so you're using the time productively. And you can do uh, something like that to uh, basically get yourself a cheaper sauna to sweat it out, to sweat out the toxins and stuff like that and detoxify yourself that way. So I hope these two episodes that I've done with Dr. Silvestro, the first one two weeks ago, and now this one you're finishing up right now, have really helped you all to see health issues in the United States and around the globe that maybe you hadn't noticed before and some ways that you can try to get healthier and try to do so on the cheap. You know, some things have been mentioned in here to try to get you to be healthier. Also, you know, fasting, Dr. Silvestro mentioned intermittent fasting. You can also do like a 24-hour fast or a three-day, a 72-hour fast. It is great for your spiritual health if you're taking the time you'd normally be eating to pray and read scripture. It is teaching you to deny yourself. If you can deny yourself food when you're really hungry, hopefully is making it easier for you to deny yourself sin when you're being tempted. And it's saving you money because you're not eating for a few days. So just different things like that that we've mentioned, uh, ways you can uh, try to get healthier and save yourself money in the long run by not having to buy expensive prescription medicine and maybe even save yourself money in the short run as well. And so if this episode has been helpful to you, then please share it or maybe it and the previous episode uh, with uh, a friend of yours that you think would benefit from it. And lastly, just want to say again, the things in this episode are not legal medical advice. So if you try anything in this episode and uh, end up hurting yourself, you can't sue us because we're not giving you legal medical advice tailored to you. If you want that, go see a doctor about it and get advice tailored to you in your specific situation. So that was this week's episode of Theana Money. As we go, I want to remind everyone that the law of the Lord is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, and true. So go apply that law in light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. And since this episode is dropping on December 22nd, grace and peace and Merry Christmas, friends. Satisfies me Your law is sweet Oh, you say